Creation Nation. I'm Lauren Hall. So excited that you are listening with me and my co-host, Troy Blankenship, bringing all of the interesting ideas and concepts on hypnosis, self-empowerment, and really all alternative health, because you deserve to know how to take control of your life, if that's your ambition, which probably it is. You're listening to Co-Creation Nation, so you understand your creator. Troy, how you doing? Hey, Lauren. I think that's, yeah, I think that's a great, a great way to put it. I think anyone who's listening to us and listening to our podcast, they're here because they realize that they're part of the equation. They're here because they realize that they're part of this manifestation moving forward and understanding, you know, their true purpose and understanding that they are creating their future. Yeah, I love that part of the equation. And I always like to think about addition instead of subtraction. Mm hmm. You know, it's like when I'm working with people for weight loss and we're trying to modify diet, you know, if that's the, the key that they feel is going to be uh, the metric, you know, to give them the confidence and that good feeling energy state that they really want, which that's what weight loss is. It's not a number. It's a feeling. I'm always trying to add in the prana, uh, the veggies, you know, the water, the rest, the movement. It's it's easier to add stuff in. Yeah. And it's also easier for people to understand, you know, what they need to do in terms of how they want to be or how they want to feel, not how they don't want to be or how they don't want to feel, but how they do want to feel and allow their brain, you know, speaking about hypnosis, allow their brain to focus on how they want to be and feel and, you know, what kind of things they want to be doing moving forward. It's a lot easier to wrap your, your mind around certain concepts like that. Yes. And we should talk about hypnosis because we are hypnotists. This podcast Co-Creation Nation just speaks to that nation of people who are ready to step into their own directed self-empowerment. But you and I, of course, you know, you could listen to previous podcasts about how we got into hypnosis, but we found hypnosis as the most effective modality through cutting into the story, editing out the parts that are just outdated, or maybe we're never even working for you, and adding in those bits of emotional reframing so that you're taking action without the conscious mind having to feel uh, that it's always using that willpower muscle in which mm-hmm. we will eventually will fatigue. So let's talk about hypnosis, Troy. Well, I think we're in the right spot since this is a hypnosis podcast. <laughs> you know, we tell people how it works as best as we can. You know, it's the mind trying to explain itself and everybody's going to have a different concept um, and everybody's unique. Every brain and every goal is unique. So trying to put it into a one size fits most philosophy can be challenging, but we don't shy away from that challenge. Uh, but I know that listeners really want to understand, does hypnosis really work? How does it work? Can it work for them? How are they going to notice that it's working? I mean, this is why we bring on our clients, you mm-hmm. know, so that you can hear it straight from them. Um, because these are people maybe just like you that are, are dealing with everyday struggles of life. And typically they come to us as the last resort, right? They, they try everything else. Right. But yeah, but we're changing that though. I mean, that's why we're doing what we're doing, right? I mean, as, as, as things stand now, I mean, I know we've, we've talked about this before in previous episodes, but I mean, you know, uh, you know, they've done this, that, and the other, and, and then they come to one of us. And they're saying, "Hey, you know, this is my last resort. This is I'm, I'm desperate now. Like I've been I've been doing all of these things for the last five, ten, fifteen, twenty years uh, or more, and and I just I can't I can't get a handle on this. Whatever the issue is, you know, whether it's anxiety or weight loss or stopping, uh, you know, smoking mm-hmm. uh, or or whatever, nail biting, yeah. you know, 
And so uh, they've, they've come to us. And so, you know, we're changing that narrative because we're getting our message out there because we feel in, in our opinions, right. And that's why we do what we do. We feel that hypnosis should be uh, just another viable option, just like anything else. And then it's left to the individual to see what they feel would be best working for them moving forward. Yes. But you know, it's, it's the, it's the question. I mean, it's, it's a really great point, Lauren. I mean that, you know, people want to know, will hypnosis work for them? How can it work for them? You know, I mean, they, even though we bring on past clients of ours, for example, and, and, and our past clients will explain their stories and, you know, explain their experience through hypnosis. It's interesting because even, you know, when, when I'm talking to a new prospective client or someone coming in for a consultation call, they'll say, you know, I heard an episode where I listened to so-and-so's story about hypnosis and how they achieved their success and about how they achieved their results. But I just feel like I'm going to be the person where this doesn't work. I'm going to be that one exception, right? And I don't, do you, do you ever hear that in your practice? Because I hear that uh, a couple of times, I would say a couple of times a month in mine. I do definitely have skeptical. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't think that it's because they're, uh, they're stoic or conservative or non-believing, you know, they want this change. And in a way, they're almost just afraid that somehow they're not going to do it right, or they're going to be that that one right like you're saying they it sounds like they're thinking they're a one in a million brain that just can't be hypnotized you know i actually talked to a guy yesterday who worked with a hypnotist and the hypnotist said something about oh you just can't be hypnotized um and it really shocked me every hypnotist just like any practitioner in any field is going to have different uh techniques and opinions but to my opinion everybody experiences hypnosis now whether or not they experience with a practitioner depends on the relationship, the rapport, the expectations. They have to be willing to participate. You know, we're not hypnotizing people against their will. But you're talking about someone who's coming in and they're saying, I want to be hypnotized. I really need this goal to be achieved. I'm just afraid it can't work for me. Mm -hmm. well, how do you answer that question? So I had a, a woman the other day that I was talking to and she says, I really want to do this. I'm just afraid that I'll do it and make this investment and it won't work. Mm -hmm. And so I'm explaining to her that really all I need is for her to show up, you know, and that could mean virtual. We could do a virtual session, just show up virtually with this willingness to participate, you know, to create a conversation with me, sort of like the idea for this podcast, right. To co-create a new story for your subconscious. What would you say to that woman? If you were, had been the one talking to her? Well, I always say, I mean, my market is anxiety, right? I mean, I deal with anxiety, stress, fear, panic, worry, uncertainty, things like this. Mm -hmm. I always say, look, you're coming to me because you have anxiety. You're already doing hypnosis. So the fact that you feel like this isn't going to work, it, it just doesn't hold any water. You already have a powerful brain. You already have been doing this old habit that doesn't serve you for the last, whatever, nine years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I always, I always say this too, Lauren, is I say, has anyone ever told you that having anxiety is a skill? And people will say no. I've never had one person that come back and say, oh, yeah, someone said yes. <laughs> exactly. Everybody says no. Yeah. And I say, now, I, I get it. I, you know, granted, anxiety is a skill that you'd rather not have. But let's put it on paper, because on paper, it's a skill. The fact that you've been able to change your emotional state at the drop of a hat every single day and have done it for the past decade, on paper, that's a skill. And I pointed out to you only for this reason, because I want you to understand that your brain is already doing hypnosis. You're here because you want to learn and do this better. 
you want to install a new habit. And then I always jokingly say, you know, if you were like an actor or an actress out in Hollywood, you would be like a multimillionaire because that's how they make their money. They change their emotional state at the drop of a hat. They cry, they laugh, they get angry, whatever it is. So all we're doing is we're using the same energy, your same brain, but towards a different outcome. And we all go into these hypnotic states, right? Now, people don't call them hypnotic states, but we all go into these states every single day from the moment we wake up in the morning until the time we close our eyes at night. And you can probably also make an argument that we're also in a hypnotic state when we're asleep and dreaming. I guess there could be an argument made for that. So you're here because you realize there has to be a better way than this. So you're already on board with the fact that there has to be a better way of life, a better quality of life for you moving forward. So this is how I start to reframe the idea. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what I would, how I would probably have said to, you know, the, the lady that you were speaking to the other day, it's, you know, you're already doing this. You don't realize you're doing it, but you're doing it. This is a habituated pattern. This is that neural scaffolding. This is the neural, the cognitive program that you've installed in your brain over the past, you know, whatever it is, a couple of years or a decade or something like that. So understand you're here because you realize that this way is just not serving you anymore. And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing that way. I mean, you're talking about a, a new habit um, and this doesn't have to fall into that equation, right? You've heard habits take what 21 days or I've heard 60 days, I've heard 90 days. Habits take X amount of time to, to become um, habituated. Your brain prefers homeostasis. It's just believing that whatever anxiety state you've habituated is your homeostasis because it's become your normal, even if you don't feel like it's normal or you don't prefer it to be normal. I love what you said about adding in a new habit, Troy, because that's what we're talking about, the addition equation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. You're bringing new habits in so that you can feel that inner security before you go to, you know, to edit and remove or uh, reprogram. We're talking about the brain. Yeah, you're bringing new habits in, but you're also allowing your brain to learn these new habits. And I always say, you know, that this is that hypnosis is a process. When you talk about hypnosis, when you talk about neuroplasticity, which again is just, you know, your brain's natural ability to rewire and reorganize itself. You know, if you're looking to teach it a new habit or teach it a new pattern or teach it a new program, you have to be methodical, you have to be persistent, and you have to be repetitive. Because this is how your brain is going to learn something. The fact that your brain, you know, does this anxious thing or the fact that your brain overeats if you're looking to lose weight or the fact that your brain reaches for the cigarettes if you find it hard to stop smoking is because it's the easy path. It's become habituated. You know, you ask a chain smoker, tell me the, the, the you know, your, give me your top three favorite cigarettes that you smoke during the day. They can't do it because to them, every cigarette is their favorite or they, yeah, they even lost touch. I mean, I work with a lot of smokers. They lose touch with why they smoke. They just know they don't want to anymore. And I liked what you said about repetition. Mm -hmm. When you can pull out the emotional draw of why are you doing this habit? You know, and that could be the pain or the pleasure um, spectrum, right? We all know we're motivated by moving towards pleasure and moving away from pain. You know, that's, that's the biology motivation. Our, our chemistry in the body, it, it takes uh, energy, you know, for us to exist. And so the brain is uh, delegating where the energy goes based on what it finds important, right? Which is moving away um, from threats and moving towards opportunities. 
So yep. to change habits to me does require repetition, but I'll, I'll always take it back to the emotions. If you can tie the emotional experience um, in an amplified way of the, of the pain or the pleasure, I'm always going to positive psychology, you know, let's go towards the pleasure. Let's, let's get back to homeostasis and then we can deal with the pain or maybe the pain's already gone. We don't have to deal with it at all. You know, I don't need to know your backstory. Let's just understand what you want to be different and why uh, that's important for you. And, and then we could talk about what's holding you back from that and diffuse, you know, or reframe those um, limited beliefs. But it's, it's just the emotional context. It's so exciting. I love that you said actors, Troy. Do you know a lot of actors are using hypnosis? I do actually. Uh, and, and it's, it's funny because I, I know that there are a lot of, uh, corporate executives and CEOs that actually use it as well. Athletes as well. Uh, you know, for, for being on their, on their game. Um, it's, you know, I, I think it's probably known by, by different, uh, by different things. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's basically the repetition of, I mean, take an athlete, for example, right. The athlete knows that their brain can't tell the difference if they're imagining being on the basketball court and shooting and making the winning basket and them actually being on the basketball court, shooting the ball and making the winning basket. The brain can't tell the difference. So what does the athlete know? What does a corporate executive know, uh, you know, about their brain as to how they can teach it these things. And again, it gets back to being persistent, being repetitive and things like that. There's also, I don't, I don't want to get too far into the science here, but there's also a thing called synaptic pruning, right? Synaptic pruning is, where your brain, if you don't use a skill, if you don't repeat something, your brain is going to prune that. In other words, you've heard this, this phrase of use it or lose it, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't use something, your brain figures, well, I, I don't need to learn this. I don't need to have this synaptic connection anymore. I don't need to make this neural connection anymore. So it kind of undoes what you maybe had once learned. So you take like, for example, a musician who played and played and played, and all of a sudden, let's say that they just don't want to play anymore. Well, that neural cluster in their brain will now be pruned because again, it's not, uh, it's not what is necessary for the brain to learn anymore. If they, let's say they went to do a different hobby or let's say they want to go exercise. So now there'll be new neurons created, a new neural cluster based upon whatever the new hobby is. So that's where we get this phrase, you know, you use it or you lose it. Man, we want to make sure through repetition that our clients are getting these things and understanding that they are teaching their brain something new by creating these new neural connections. And then again, being tenacious. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to in my practice. I mean, people have to understand that they don't come in and it's fixed in one session, Right. People can have transformational shifts in one session. I'm not saying that, that there's not something like this, but if they want to continually teach their brain and have this be a permanent change, you know, moving forward and teach their brain a new habit and really reinforce and recondition this, this habit, again, this is going to take some effort. It's going to take the individual being tenacious by continually showing their brain this new change. So in my practice, for example, I'll give you a good example of this. In my practice, I always say it really comes down to three steps. And each of these steps are very, very easy. And they're designed to be easy. Because again, the brain learns best when things are easy. It learns quickest when things are easy. So the first step is you have to become aware. And I'll use my anxiety market as the example. You have to become aware of when your anxious habit turns on. You have to know when it's time to feel the full force of your anxiety. 
And there's really two ways you can do it. There's either going to be some sort of external situational trigger, or there's a, a noticeable change in your emotional state. But the first step is you have to become aware. When does it turn on? It's like the chain smoker, right? When do you know it's time to reach for that pack of cigarettes? When does the emotional state change? Is there stress involved? Is there a trigger involved? You have to become aware. Second step is you have to throw up a roadblock. You have to teach your brain, no, I'm not going back down this old road anymore. I'm going to be going down this new road that's more positive and constructive and beneficial. So it's a pattern interrupt. And we teach these things in my practice. And the third step is how do you need to feel? Because now that you've interrupted the old pattern, your brain is looking to you for direction. And if you don't give it direction, your brain is going to fill in the gaps for you. And because you've been doing this anxiety thing for the past 10, 15, 20 years, and that's the groove and that's the way and that's the path that your brain knows best, your brain is going to send you back down that road unless you give it something different. So how do you need to feel? And this is beautiful because you just tied in the emotional state, which is very, very important. People have to feel how they want to feel. People need to understand the feeling is so much more important than anything else. So you teach your brain how you want to feel moving forward. What would that feel like for you? How would it feel like for you when you know you're waking up in the morning, opening your eyes and knowing without any question that all of this anxiety BS was behind you and you're feeling happy and you're feeling confident and you're feeling inner peace? What would this be like for you now? And you allow this neural flexibility because this is how we start to nudge it. So you need to have this cognitive flexibility moving forward. So it really comes down to those three steps. Catch the habit, throw up the roadblock, and feel how you'd rather feel instead. That's going on our merch line, Troy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, see, I see that on, on, uh, on t-shirts and coffee mugs. Yeah, it's because, you know, guys, we, we've studied these um, principles because we found them, you know, in our own way in life in needing them. And it sounds like something you might already think that you're doing, but that's the difference between thinking and feeling thinking happens in the brain feeling happens in the brain the heart the whole body every um perspective that you have of any time or event in your entire life i mean it's very very uh complex it's multifaceted which is why it's useful to have a support person like a hypnotist or you know maybe these athletes or celebrities are working with a different type of therapy that we could say, you know, they're doing hypnotic techniques. So it doesn't matter what your practitioner is called. Hypnosis is a process that is very ancient and it's stood the test of time because it really does work, even if we don't understand it. One thing, Troy, you said about people have to understand it's not an only, you know, one session fixes all. I will say that what I tell people is a lot can shift in one session. And it may be that you and I only work together for one session and that's okay. You don't have to continue to employ me in order to get the things that you want. You're already hypnotizing yourself. I can step in as a hypnotic coach to shift the hypnosis you've been doing that just is no longer working. You know, maybe those coping mechanisms worked for a certain amount of time. Maybe you're your effort into willpower was useful for you up until now, because you're coming to me now because you want something to change. You know, I say we're, we're working with people to help fix things or to improve things. Cause I always think about a threshold, right? Like if somebody's got anxiety, would you know, like your market, Troy, 
they're coming in to get to that threshold of stability. And then once there, maybe they want to up level, you know, to, to be better in so many other areas of life, which can happen in just a couple of sessions, because they're going to continue to do self hypnosis. I know you teach a lot about how to do self hypnosis and both you and I, and I think every hypnotist out there that's really making a change in this market is very generous and passionate about bringing the information so that people apply it because information is not the same as application. You know, you can understand the principle, but until you have someone focusing you or you taking the time, you know, the couple of minutes or, or you know, 20 minutes, less than 20, you could do these techniques in seconds. But until you take the, the exercise of doing it, it's like understanding how to roller skate, but not ever putting on skates. Yeah, I mean, I would say that my my typical client will come to me and and they'll see a and again, it doesn't matter the the um, you know the length of however long they've had the anxiety, but the typical client will come and see me for somewhere between three to five sessions. Some people get it a little bit longer, and some people get it a little bit shorter. So I have worked with people, you know, that, that where they've come in and it's one or two sessions, and they see the shift. Everyone's going to be different. Um, I, I think what I meant by 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 that before that comment before that I made is. You know, you have to continually teach your brain this new habit because right now, again, I'll use my market as an example, but, at, you know, right now you have this cause and effect. You have something, you know, some external situational trigger or your emotional state changes. And because you've felt anxious every time for the past 5, 10, 15 years, guess what? It's no surprise that you're not going to feel stressed and anxious because something on the outside has changed, right? It's cause and effect. So what we want to do is we want to create change in the brain. So this new habit that you're teaching your brain, that you're installing, I always say it's like this neural scaffolding that goes up. This will become your default emotional state. This is going to be your default feeling moving forward. So when you have something, because I mean, up until now, I don't have a magic wand that I can wave in the air and make sure that everyone in the world will never have another anxious or stressful moment. I don't have that power yet. I don't think we'd want that though, right? But it, but it, what, what it comes down to though, is how we respond to it. Because right now it doesn't, when someone comes to me, for example, and they come in for a consultation, this isn't a choice. They, they don't know how to control their emotional state. Therefore they can't choose their emotional state. They can't choose the emotions that they're feeling. It's cause and effect, right? Something happens, they feel anxious. Something happens, they feel stressed. Something happens, they you know they get you know, they go into a panic attack or something like that. But when you learn, when you teach your brain this new habit, and when you can when you can learn how to change your emotional state again through self hypnosis and through your practice, Lauren, and my practice, this becomes a choice over time, and you can choose to feel excited or you can choose to feel anxious. But I, I clearly understand that when someone comes to me, it's not that choice. They don't understand that they have a choice. It's just, oh, something happens and I know I'm going to feel anxious. Or, oh, my emotional state changes and I'm going to feel anxious. Mm -hmm. But over time, when you teach your brain these things, it's like this, right? I'll use another example. It's like you take two people and you put them on a roller coaster and you interview both people after the ride is done. And you can have, and they could be sitting right next to each other on, on, the, on the ride. And you can say, hey, how did you feel? And you could have one person say, God, I felt so anxious. It was like the worst experience ever. And you, and you asked the, the, the person, you know, sitting right next to them, how was your experience? And they were like, oh my God, it was so exciting. It was great. It was the best thing ever. It was the best thing I ever rode. Best time in my life. Yes. But the interesting thing is, is the feeling of excitement and the emotional state of excitement is very closely linked to the emotional state of anxiety. 
So what's going on here? How does one person, same ride, how does one person feel anxious whereas another person feels excited? It's the choice. Now, obviously these are two different people, but understand that you, even though you're one person, you also have this choice moving forward, learning what you learn, knowing what you know. And the great thing about it is when you learn these techniques and you when you learn these tools, you'll be able to change any unwanted negative emotional state moving forward. It's not like these are just being applied to anxiety. Anything, mm -hmm. any habit that you want to install, you can take these same tools and techniques and, and apply them. Because again, this is all about hypnosis. This is why hypnosis works. This is allowing you to understand that you are the creator and the manifestator. I don't know if that's a word. It is now. Of, of your future moving forward and changing your emotional state each and every day. I love that you talked about that roller coaster because that's a, a very tangible um clear distinction people are all different these are your subconscious responses this doesn't mean that if you don't feel excited on a roller coaster that you need to consciously make some sort of change this exists within your deep brain you know neuro scaffolding upon neuro scaffolding things that have been building um, through every experience of your entire life from childhood and in that deep brain time does not exist in the same way it exists out here literally Lin literally <laughs> linear <laughs> we're just making words up now so it's really, it's an empowerment opportunity. Troy, when you're saying you have to, you have to, I hear your passion. Like I hear the emotion underneath the word, but that word for me is a trigger because it, it triggers up the inner rebel uh, that I resonate with. And so if you were working with me, you know, and if you were being specialized as my coach, I know you would shift that because it's, uh, you know, hypnotists really study communication mastery which is hilarious, you know, that now that we're messing up these words, but it's about altering the language to fit the person. And once you have that, that mirror, then you can pace and lead, which, right, those are the NLP techniques. But I would say for me personally, instead of telling me I have to, asking me, wouldn't you prefer to, or how exciting if you could do this, you know, be more permissive instead of authoritative. So this is where when people ask, does hypnosis really work? I'm absolutely going to say it in any way that I can to resonate to them specifically that it works in the seventies, eighties, you know, when hypnosis was really kind of getting some mainstream traction and some people wanted to go in and scrutinize and say, well, what is hypnosis? Is this a script? You know, do I just read this script in some blanket monotone voice and apply it to everybody? And this one script is supposed to fix everybody in just a couple of sessions. That's not how hypnosis is. Those scripts are um, a metaphor. It's a, a structure, like you're talking about your three-step process. It's a structure to bring the pleasures and pains out from the deep brain onto the table so that the brain can assess, you know, do I really need these or what other things can I add in? Let's add in so much good, you know, add in so much salad uh, that you really don't have a craving for chocolate cake because lettuce is sweet, you know, fruits and produce really are sweet and satiating. So your body is gonna be just as content and you're really gonna get everything else that you wanted, which for your market, I know it's better sleep. You talked about nail biting. I mean, that's that's really a, a giant thing, sleep and nail biting, especially right now with pandemic, people's um, stress coping mechanisms are really getting tested. So I think that's, that's more motivation for us. 
uh, we're already motivated. I mean, Troy, the passion, I mean, everything you were saying today, I think I said like four or five times, I love what you're saying. I love what you're saying because I really do. I love talking about this with another person who's in the industry and who's, um, who, who's working tirelessly to help anybody out there who would say, you know what? I really want something that works. I've tried everything else, or maybe I haven't tried anything yet. And you're going to come across what we're saying. And you're going to say, you know what, let me give it a shot because there's no negative side effect. You know, it's, it's, it's not like hypnosis. That's where I guess people might feel because of what they've seen in the media, that hypnosis somehow opens their deep brain and it gives somebody power over them, or it exposes their secrets or they could be manipulated in some way. You know, the brain is not out to get you. The brain is not susceptible in those ways, in those ways. I mean, you can, of course, have um, a, a person who you have an ongoing relationship with who can get into your brain to, uh, let's say, make some suggestions that aren't in alignment with your true core values. But that's not going to be a relationship you have with a hypnotist because you're, you're likely not going to have an ongoing relationship. And you're going to know in the beginning of the relationship if this person is looking out for your best interests. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say that we, we do have a lot in common, Lauren. So I was thinking maybe we should start a podcast. I think we will one day if um, if we can figure out the technology. <laughs> maybe we should do um, a Facebook group, too, because, you know, when we talk together, we talk a ton off camera and and our talks off camera are nearly similar to this. Right. We're just talking about how cool hypnosis is, how interesting, you know, the clients that we're working with, the ideas that we have for ongoing merch so that these these messages and, and techniques stay front and center um, in everyday life. But to me, that Facebook group, I mean, we do have one guys we're teasing, but Co-Creation Nation on Facebook, um, it's that way for us to expand this chat room, you know, to bring people into um, our Facebook lives or to, you know, the Q and a nights. Um, we even have where you can sign up to be on this podcast with us. If you are a skeptic, if you've done hypnosis, um, if you have questions about hypnosis, we really just want to get the conversation out there so that when you are thinking about something that you might use to, to shift or up level or to retrain, um, those unconscious patterns in your brain, that hypnosis is a contender on the table. And in my opinion, and yours too, I know, Troy, it should be that first contender because it really, it feels so amazing, um, almost weird sometimes. I've had some clients recently in the office that while we're doing some of the strategies, because a lot of it's just waking you know, conversational hypnosis, they expect that they're going to come in and I'm going to um, put them up in the recliner, which I do have a recliner and we do some of that guided imagery, but that's what they expect that that's the whole session. So we're doing conversations and they're getting shifts to start happening or they can't uh, really tap into the problem in their brain like they used to. A lot of times they're saying, wow, this feels really weird. And I'm like, well, it's, um, it's something weird that's going to make a permanent shift. Are you okay with that? And I don't mean weird, uncomfortable. I guess they might be describing that they haven't felt free in a really long time. You know, some people come to us with with decades and decades of, of those um, unconscious trigger responses because no one has told them that they can take control of their own mind. I know our last podcast, um, we were talking about pain, chronic pain, you know, not only emotional pain, but physical pain and how that's... Uh, that's a effect of what's going on in the deep brain because the body's sending you these signals, you know, it's, it's a well-designed machine um, particularly from the neck down and the neck up is 
beautifully designed, but let's say it's still in its um, growing stages of evolution. So it's getting this, uh, this construct of how we can feel motivated to move towards our goals, but not stressed or depleted as though we don't have them now. It's, it's a, a balancing act. Yeah, it's a balancing act. I always say it's, you know, when, when a client comes to work with me, it's a, you know, it's like a dance. It's a delicate dance between myself and, and the client towards making this change that's specific towards the client, right? And, you know, when when someone comes into me, uh, into my practice, for example, and they say, they say they've had anxiety for 5, 10, 15 years or more, understand that this is the habit that's been grooved and reinforced and patterned in their brain. Um, it's, it's like, it's like this, right? It's like, you know, if, if you were to learn a Spanish vocabulary word, you know, if, if you learn it once without mentioning it again, you know, you're not going to teach your brain anything, you know? So the same thing happens in neuroplasticity. The same thing happens when it comes to, to hypnosis, at least in my practice, this is, I mean, you know, I, some of my clients is funny because I'll say, and I preface this in the beginning, sometimes look, especially in this first session, I'm going to get really repetitive here. And every time I do, we're changing this narrative for you. Every time I get repetitive and ask you how you feel and all this stuff, or we get repetitive over and over and over. We work, we work on many different levels in the first session, but you're probably going to like, you know, want to reach through your screen and strangle because I'm so repetitive. But here's why we do it. Because again, every time we do this, we're creating these neurons. We're creating these neural connections in your brain and creating this cognitive and this neural flexibility moving forward. So, you know, I want people to understand that just because they, and again, I'll get back to my Spanish vocabulary word example, just because if they were to, to learn a Spanish vocabulary word, and then they don't mention it again for the rest of their life, they're not stimulating any change. They're not creating any neural flexibility. They're not creating this, these neural connections, but, you know, understand that the groove begins to wear deeper in the brain each time you review it. So every time you go back and study the word or study the definition, your brain is learning through repetition, through being tenacious, mm -hmm. right? But the same thing happens when someone takes that same vocabulary word and they incorrectly pronounce it or they incorrectly give it the, the wrong definition. And your brain will also learn that if you're not careful. Everything gets imprinted. And so, yeah. so you have to, yeah. So you have to be very careful about what you're imprinting. So when you come to, you know, when you come to work with Lauren or you come to work with me, I mean, understand, I mean, we are making sure this is true permanent change. And we have to be, we have to be very specific with this change work for you. And that's why I always say it's, it's this, you know, this collaborative approach, this cooperative approach, this delicate dance, because we want to make sure that this change is going to be the right change specific for you in your life moving forward. And your brain's going to learn either way. I mean, I always say, you know, look, the fact that you have anxiety, I want you to understand that it's not you. The change work that I do is, you know, it's, I want you to understand that this is not your fault. In the change work I do, anxiety and panic and, and stress, they're all habits. They're learned behaviors, right? And it's just something that your brain has learned to do. Your brain is very non-judgmental. Your brain doesn't care if you have anxiety. Mm -hmm. Your brain doesn't care if you're losing sleep. Your brain doesn't care if it's ruining your, you know, uh, relationships or coming between you and, and, and your job. You care but your brain doesn't. And this is, this is how your brain learns. Your brain is going to learn anxiety, or if you want to teach it something different, your brain is going to learn a different emotional state. I love that. I love that you've animated the brain. Uh, it, it makes me think of, um, and like the conscious mind that, uh, that, that 
analytical uh, side, which is hilarious because I, I was an analyst um, in, in my first my first career, <laughs> in my corporate career, um, and I love I love uh, engineering and and logic. I mean, I, I think that's why hypnosis really speaks to me because you can dive into the science, like you're talking about, Troy of what the brain is doing. It's not biased. It's, it's not out to get you. It's not trying to make you feel stuck or locked or like you're in this pattern without an opportunity to get out. It's just doing what it's been shown and it's taking information in. And if it survives and it thinks, you know what, I survived, I'll know that I can survive that again and again and again. And until I see something that's more painful, um, or more pleasurable, I'm not going to generate the energy to change because it's doing so much energetically for everything else that we need. Yeah. Yeah. And people, that's a good point that you mentioned. Uh, you know, your brain is not out to get you. Your brain simply learns. It does its one job exceedingly well. It learns. So people come into my practice, for example, and they've had anxiety for, you know, let's say two decades. It feels like they're at war with their brain. It feels like they can't get on the same page. It feels like their brain is living their life for them. Mm. And it's a bad place to be. And, and so they, they come in feeling like, why can't I do this? Why can't I get this thing right? Why doesn't it listen? Why can't, I mean, because logically speaking, it's so silly that I can't get on an airplane. It's so silly that I have generalized anxiety. It's so silly that I can't get on a highway or whatever the anxiety is. It's so silly that I can't go enjoy time with my friends to be out in a social gathering because I just feel so anxious when I'm around all these crowds of people. But there's an incongruence when they're actually in the moment. And now they're feeling something different than what they logically know is silly. So there's this incongruence that creates this war, that creates this battle. And, they, and, and, and I've seen it happen, uh, Lauren, where people come in and they're just so down on themselves and they're beating themselves up and they want to be this perfectionist and why can't I do this and why is this happening to me? And I try to explain it to other people and like friends and family and they don't get it because they don't have this type of anxiety like I do. So I understand, you know, and I used to have anxiety too. So I get exactly where they're coming from. But I want people to understand, especially if they're listening to this podcast, that it's not their fault. Yes. You know, it's not their fault that they're like this. They just have taught their brain something and their brain is giving them more of that because the, their brain thinks they want more of it because it's that easy road that's been happening over the past two decades. But you're coming to me and you're learning something different or you're coming to Lauren and you're learning something different. And, and I will say this too. People think that just because they've had anxiety for two decades, you know, many people believe that it's going to take them just as long to get back to just feeling like themselves or just to get back to normal or neutral. But it's not like that because that's not how the brain is designed. That's why we can get this within a couple of sessions, irregardless of how long someone has had anxiety. It's unconscious education. You know, you're not consciously teaching yourself how to get stuck in this pattern. Society has so many perks, but look at the state where most people are. I mean, anxiety is an everyday word. People, you know, you walk down the hallway and you, and you hear people talk about the struggle they're stuck in or the future that they're dreading or, or the past, you know, that's haunting them. You do find people, I'm not, I'm not saying everybody out there is doom and gloom. <laughs> uh, you do find people who are um, sunny side up, you know, and, and we each, have, I mean, this is a natural way of feeling. There's so many motivational speakers that talk about that, you know, confidence and 
um, and inner peace and contentment. Like those are things that you have to show up for every single day to help teach the brain. Yes, I do want to evolve, which is why the brain is sort of pushing you to notice the problems that could be better. Um, yes, I do want to evolve, but I'm very grounded and safe and secure where I am now. And that's because everything in the past, whatever experience I've had has been my colorful journey to take me right here where I am with all the tools and experiences that I've had. Mm -hmm. Trey, you are passionate today. You've used words, uh, war and um, struggle and strangling you. I've done a session with you, Troy, and it was amazing. I did not want to come through the screen and, and strangle you. I felt, um, I felt so supported with your patience because I know that you were getting into the depths of my mind to edit some of those channels that had gotten grooved in there, you know, with or without my participation. Like who knows who put them in there? Who cares? Let's just assess that here they are and they're not serving my design for my best self right now. So hypnosis is not only something that we're passionate to talk about. You know, you were just talking about you've used it or that was how you got into hypnosis, right? Was you were you were trying things after thing after thing for ending that cycle of anxiety that you had in hypnosis was the final stop. And, and just like me, when we found that hypnosis is something that does work, we basically stopped everything else we were doing and, um, and made this our, our life's mission to be hypnotists and to bring hypnosis to the world and to, to do our best to explain it to the other people out there that are asking that question, does it work? Hopefully we've answered that question. Let us know guys, if, um, if you're still curious, does hypnosis work? Because we are saying emphatically, yes, it does work. Yeah, and let us know in the comments on Facebook. You can connect with us there, Co-Creation Nation. We would love to know what you think about it. You know, maybe you've had a hypnosis session somewhere else. Maybe you haven't. Let us know your, your thinking behind it. Let us know your thoughts. And, if, and, and always, if, if there's ever a topic that you would like, uh, you know, Lauren and I to talk about in a future podcast episode you can drop us a line drop us a comment over on facebook as well and just let us know if you'd like to maybe come on yourself and have a discussion with us or maybe you know someone in the field that you think would be a great fit for us to interview and talk with uh, we certainly welcome that as well and then of course you can also head over to our website hypnosisinaction.com and you can also sign up and get the free audios lauren has a free audio i have a free audio you can connect with us over there as well 